And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we are discussing mindful love. So it's one day after Valentine's Day. And, and mindful love, and more specifically, the importance of falling in love with yourself. So I'm going to start us off with a quote. This is from Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Find the love you seek by first finding the love within yourself. Learn to rest in that place within you. That is your true home. So when I read that quote, Jamie, what 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 is that immediate? What what comes up for you when I read that? What comes up to me is the first thing I think about is the the importance of self love in relationship to, I guess, the standard concept of love, which is love between to two beings and without we tend to focus on that love between beings as kind of the the starting point and it's really i think it makes it challenging for a lot of people because people try to find that love in other people and not in themselves and it's very challenging to find to allow yourself to be open enough to love other beings if you don't love yourself yeah definitely i i think that's that's kind of why i wanted to discuss this topic because yesterday being valentine's day it was awesome being online and seeing all the positive posts and people connecting and sharing um just details of their relationships and how they met and all these beautiful um posts of people's kids and and it was really really cool and i thought so much of it is focused on that on that relational love and relational love is a beautiful thing, but that there has to be a starting point for that. And self-love is really kind of where we have to, to start to really be able to um, have healthy relational love with others. And so that kind of th got me thinking in the morning, because I think a lot of times, you know, um, when we are focused on the external love, I think the other side to Valentine's Day is that if, if people maybe are single, and, you know, or maybe went through a difficult breakup or, you know, for whatever reason are not happy with their relationship um, or lack of relationship with someone else, th there can be this feeling of like just immediate depression that day. Like this is a day where everybody is connecting and I don't have someone to connect to. And so I think right. the flip side to, you know, all that beautiful, you know, all the candy and the flowers is that there may be somebody in the office who has not celebrated a Valentine's Day with anyone in years, you know, and that can be a really hard day for them. And so, um, you know, I think when we're focusing on on that external love, the flip side can be that that can lead to a lot of loneliness and 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 um, isolation for people. And so, you know, I just started thinking what really precedes even having a healthy relationship with someone else. And it's that relationship with yourself. You know, I saw um, one of those little, uh, I don't know if you call them an infographic or a meme or, or what, but just one of the little quote squares. And, um, you know, it said that you won't talk to anyone else as much as you talk to yourself in your own head. And so you really have to be kind. And that's that really, really hit home to me. I mean, you think about all the really, the conversations that you may go over and over again with someone else that you've had. But how many times are we beating ourselves up all day long? Um, because of something that we feel like we didn't do well. And, and that's um, where 
our ability to connect with others comes from. Yeah, and it's all, I mean, the way we express love for ourselves or for others is all very much based on conditioning in a way it's the patterns of the way people have loved us what what resonates with us what doesn't and it's hard if you if you don't have a practice of self-love and you're constantly in your head doubting yourself or not trusting yourself these things it's it's hard to then break that pattern when you're dealing with other people so that that voice that's in your head, you're talking about talking to yourself. The way you talk to yourself is how you're going to engage with others. Yes. So if you don't have a healthy way of engaging with yourself, there's no way you're going to be able to have a healthy relationship with anyone else. Right. Right. And so, so kind of going off of that, thinking about what is what is a mindful self-love practice look like to you? When I say self-love practice, because you kind of use those words of like having a, like it's something that you actually have to work at. Right. Uh, I think, I think a lot of it is a mindfulness practice. A meditation practice can be a great way. Anything that gets you, it's it's the same thing we, we talk about a lot. It's just the awareness of self gets you actually diving deeper with, within yourself. And that could be a meditation practice that could be a hobby it could be art it could be anything that expresses yourself in a healthy way that gives you i don't want to say meaning it's not meaning but gives you that kind of that spark yes you know and i think i i don't think i need to explain it because i think most people you, you have it you know what mm -hmm. it is and if you don't have it then the first step is exploring things find where that is because everyone has it somewhere just because you haven't found it yet go take classes do a meditation practice if you haven't started already um, and sometimes it takes time to develop that as well it's not that you're going to go into one painting class or one yoga class and all of a sudden you're going to be enlightened and have that spark and be like this is my home there it's things you have to it, it's a never-ending process process yeah definitely so it, so finding things that that feel good kind of fuel your spirit, fuel your your soul in a way. Um, and I also think challenging or or, or getting more curious and um, non-judgmental about just your own self-talk. I think that that's another really important piece. And I think that that um, oftentimes, you know, as you you start a meditation practice and start to spend time going within you that's that's what it is you're 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 trying to become more aware and kind of curious about yourself and 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 when i did that you know i really realized that a lot of the things that i was that i would get frustrated with about frustrated with myself about were just they were just things they weren't either good or bad um and i think a lot of times you know we've we've been conditioned to judge and to label things um, based on, you know, our experiences or our feelings around them rather than just looking at them as, as information. Um, so I'll give you a, a personal example. So for me, um, I'm somebody that has always, um, wanted to be more active than I am naturally inclined to be. And so I've always just thought, gosh, it would be so cool to just be one of those people that like wakes up and wants to go for a run, right. you know? <laughs> 
man, that would be great. You know, I remember I had a, I had a roommate in college, freshman year in college, and she would just get up and run like eight miles. And it was just like, whoa, like that is so cool. But that was just what felt good for her. And it wasn't this, it wasn't this, 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 this thing that she had to like fight to do. She just woke up and wanted to do it, you know, whereas that was never something that I've been inclined to do. And so when I'm in, you know, when I was in a, a place where I wasn't mindful and I wasn't aware of these things, I would, I would um, judge myself as lazy, you know, I'd say, oh gosh, I'm just so lazy. Why can't I just get, you know, active? Why can't I be that person? I'm just so lazy. Oh, so frustrating. And I would try to, you know, and, and I would go back and forth. And the, the thing that happens when we, when we judge these things, rather than just being able to look at them in a non-judgmental way is that I didn't get less lazy as I was judging myself being lazy. You know, it didn't, it didn't help right, me right. move towards the fitness goals and being healthier. It actually pulled me away from them because it led me into this very polar place where either I was like, you know, trying to extremely regiment myself into something that wasn't natural, or I was on the complete other end of the spectrum um, where I wasn't doing anything. And so it, it led to this, you know, kind of just stuck point. And mindfulness was really what got me out of that, realizing, okay, so some people are naturally more energetic. And I would start to kind of just notice people and just notice myself and just think, okay, and certain people are also more peaceful. And, and what, are the, what are the benefits to that? What's the value in that? You know, and realizing that I have a pretty calm presence. I have a pretty kind of relaxed presence about me and and you know so I started relabeling this this idea of lazy as like I have a sedentary spirit you know and 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 it sounds kind of silly but that was that was actually what worked for me to just kind of realize this is me and rather than fighting against it or judging it if I can just embrace okay well I have a sedentary spirit but I really love to move if I'm dancing or I really love to move if I'm doing something you know else that feels good for me and so I started to find those things naturally without it being, you know, this, this struggle. And even talking to my mom about it and realizing that like, even in the womb, like I barely moved around, like I was totally healthy in there, but like, I was just chilling. Like, that's me. I'm also extremely patient. Like I don't get super stressed out in traffic. So, you know, but just kind of that, that process of, 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 of coming to this place of non-judgment to be able to see myself truly for who I am. And that's, I think, where that real kind of self-love comes from. Even like the term self-love, I feel like that, you know, just even just seeing yourself, just just being able to see yourself and, and, and appreciate yourself for the individual that you are. Yeah, I think self-reflect, it's interesting because self-reflection, what, what I see a lot of is people, when they self-reflect, are actually asking themselves the right questions but it's the judgment and the blame that they put on top of the questions that cause them not to be productive or effective or, or mindful. So they're yeah. saying, why do I feel this way? But there's this, or why is this other person doing this? Or why, whatever the question is, those why are all I, great. Because I suck or because I, yeah, right. They add the, they add the, the blame that they already have an idea or an opinion based on it as opposed to actually genuinely asking the question without any of that on top and then digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Because the other thing is you, you're you better at then discovering 
not only who you naturally are, but how you can thrive and how you can change when you're like that. Because you could say, not just using your examples, if you're not very active and you're asking yourself why that is, you may find out that, oh, there's something that I'm actually fearful of or hiding from that's stopping me from doing that. But it's Mm -hmm. actually something I would love to do as opposed to necessarily thinking, oh, this is who I am. You may come to that decision, but if you come on with judgment, you're not going to come with either of those decisions. You're just going to be overcome by that judgment because what happens is you're asking the question, but that's not actually what you're doing. You're, the judgment takes over. Yes. So whatever that judgment element is, is what you're going to be feeling. Right. And it's right. like you never, you might as well never have asked the question because you've already placed the blame. You already have the judgment and that's what you're going to sit in. And I think when talking about relationships too, because I think self-love and love with others is very much about balance, balancing the two, because I know there's a, there's tons of books there that, that say you have to start with self-love. Like that's the only way to love someone else. And it's, I think everyone's different. Some people can learn self-love through being in love with someone else or how someone else treats them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're a species that is very interconnected and we thrive off. Even if you're an introvert, I'm an introvert, complete introvert. And I still know that connection gives me energy. It, 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 it's, it, it's important to us on every level. And... I think just having that awareness that those things have to go hand in hand help because if you're in a relationship and something is not right, you can self-reflect on why. And if you take that judgment out, you exploring why you may find that, oh, it's something in me that's, that's not working. Or maybe it's with this other person and where I'm at at the moment, that's why it's not working because we're not being able to connect or you may see that this person's not where you are and you're at where you both are is never going to come together in this in this moment but it gives you kind of a way to process it in a i don't want to say less emotional way but i a more productive way that actually allows you to see clarity in what's happening as opposed mm-hmm. to feeling overwhelmed or by anything or out of control in, in mindfulness, they often talk about the, the monkey mind. And mm-hmm. what ha- what happens is people think when you meditate that you're not supposed to think, which is a, a major Myth. misconception. And what to me, what it is, is that it's not that you don't feel or it's not that you're not thinking. It's that you're teaching yourself to be in control of your thoughts and of your emotions so that if you're sad, feeling feeling sad or angry isn't bad what it's just not helpful when that emotion is controlling you as opposed to you embracing that emotion fully and then being able to move on to the next moment and whatever that emotion is and i think that awareness of being able to ask those kind of questions whether it be with self-love or with a relationship with someone else is how you start to do that yeah, yeah. It's like that that like mindful kind of sweet spot. Like if you think about the the Venn diagram where they have emotion mind on one side and then reasonable mind on the other, and then that wise mind place in the middle where the two come together. And so you're able to you're still feeling the emotion, you're you're taking 
a lot of information from the emotion. The emotion is really your teacher and you are, are re, you know, being reasonable and, 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 and allowing yourself not to get caught up into the emotion so much that you're not grounded in, in, in your rational mind of being able to decide how do you want to respond and what's kind of an effective way to move forward. And so, yeah, I think that, that relationships can be a great opportunity to learn and kind of process and, and learn how to, to, how to, how to even just deal with emotions. You know, I think that, that that's something that we didn't really get education on. And I think like it would have been really helpful in, you know, middle school to like, or before middle school, you know, maybe like first grade or something to learn more about emotions and like learn that it, it it's, it's okay to be upset or it's, it, you don't have to run away from sadness. There's something that you do with it and that there's information there. I think that that's, you know, something that we just don't really focus on. And so a lot of us are kind of just, you know, we reach adulthood and kind of get into these relationships and we're, we're crashing into each other, not really knowing how to process emotions. And so we do have to learn in the moment. And I think that people can definitely, um, you know, move forward. But I think that it's about, like you said, being able to really be aware and, and, and check in and reflect um, on what you're actually feeling and what that means to you. Yeah. And I think too, self-love and external love are very similar, but they are also the way most people engage in them. They engage in two very different ways. And I think that mindful element will also help a lot of people see the the positives and how they engage with each one. Um, I'll give an example. I know a lot of people who do have a very healthy um, self-care, self-love practice still struggle with relationships. And when I try to analyze what, why that is, what I often see is that they're not actually behaving with others the way they behave with themselves Mm -hmm. so with themselves they're very mindful and they ask those questions but when they're with others they let the others drive their emotions so they're not able to necessarily do that and what i often tell them is well it's 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 very difficult that especially when if you're in a fight or if something is if it's it's a peak emotion to consciously take yourself out of it but as soon as you're can find awareness or as soon as you have that moment of, oh, I need to step away and think about this, allow yourself to do it Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't. Yes. And that's where you're going, going to learn the most. And it's, it's hard because especially in relationships when they're very emotionally draining, it's, it, 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 it is a lot of work to be mindful. It takes a lot of energy and, a lot of times after there's a big emotional release, people just want to relax. They don't want to do that kind of work that right. needs to be done. And I always just, I, I challenge people to, to do that work because it, it, it benefits so much in the, in the long term in ways that you won't see just in that moment of it being uncomfortable or being painful. Right. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I think that there's kind of this, we're conditioned to like force 
our way through certain situations rather than taking a step back. Like you think about, I, as you were just talking about, I was imagining a couple like fighting late at night and they're both just pissed and want to go to bed. But like that old adage ringing in somebody's head, like you can't go, don't go to bed while you're fighting. Right. Mm -hmm. Never go to bed when you're fighting and that kind of thing. And, and it's like, well, you know, sometimes maybe that's okay, you know, to respectfully kind of both take a step back and realize that you're not moving forward and, and, and to be able to honor your feelings in that moment that maybe we aren't going to be able to come to a resolution right now. You know, I, I think that, um, we're, we're, we're just so conditioned to kind of want to like fix. And I think that's the unmind, that's the, the, the unmindful part of it. And I think that when we're with the self and we're, you know, we're, we're able to kind of, you know, we're working on self-love, we're able to be more, um, patient with ourselves in that way and, and not try to fix it, just kind of check in and see what, what I need for today. But then with relationships, I think we feel this pressure to try to just fix what's going on. And, and rather than recognizing that sometimes, you know, you just kind of have to take a step back. Yeah. And I think there, there's also, I feel a danger with self-love and I'm, I've been thinking a lot of like, what are other terms that I would say are equivalent to self-love in the way, the way we're, we're talking about it. And the, the closest thing I could get to it is self curiosity almost mm -hmm. because a, a, a problem with self-love in the way I think a lot of people hear that or end up practicing that is it becomes ego driven. And then it, it lacks the mindfulness element. So it becomes about the self. So mm -hmm. then when you do have relationships with others, it becomes about yourself right. and your ego and not uh, the other person's. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing because if you're having a healthy, mindful self-love that's rooted in curiosity for understanding self, that should move into the relationship and having curiosity for how to love the other person i think is it is it the five love languages mm -hmm. that everyone experiences or feels love in different ways and a lot of times people want to show others um the way they want to show others love based on the way they receive love instead of finding out how that person yes. receives love yes. and i think that's a huge that is 100% what I'm talking about when yeah. I say self-love and yeah. mindfulness for what you do for yourself and when your relationship with others. It's it's asking that question as opposed to leading from ego, well, I feel this way, so this person must feel this way. Or right. I'm having this experience right now, so that must mean that this is authentic to me mm -hmm. when it may not be. So it's it's right. diving into that. Well, how do I – what makes me – feel love what makes me feel genuine what makes me feel of service to others like i think the bit bigger question is what what is love yeah. love is service to to other service to self and it has to be um a balance of of the two it can't be one or the other if you're just serving yourself that's not love if you're just serving others that's not love it's the balance of the two that's that's a really, really great point. You make such a great point because I think that a lot of times people 
get unbalanced in the other way. So there's kind of that over self-love, I've got to focus on me and, and that kind of balance. But I see as a therapist, a lot of the other side where people right. are so, so um, sacrificing for others and, and take care of others and, and, and they're unable to really pour any of that back into themselves. You know, and I think you really speak to it's such an important point that there has to be a balance and there has to be kind of an exchange going back and forth of, of the two. And and um, and that's not love either. You know, and I think that you and you see people if they do it to the extreme, you know, the extreme where someone is just so sacrificing for others that, you know, there's a term like someone being a martyr or something like that. But a lot of times there's a lot of resentment and anger that happens to someone when, when they do that, when they're completely sacrificing themselves for other people and not pouring that love into themselves. When you're out of balance, either way, there's going to be a, a, a downside. There's going to be kind of that, that, that shadow quality to it. And it leads to, you know, where you'll see some of the, the nicest um, people in the world be so, so resentful and really have this like really, really kind of angry dark side and i think it's because of that 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 lack of balance yeah and i think too a, a good point is if anyone is feeling uh, out of balance it's two two points i want to make is one being out of balance is a, a sign that something else there's something deeper there's a reason that you're you're out of balance mm -hmm. so i feel like what what ends up happening is what you're saying is a lot of people are aware they're out of balance and then have judgment mm -hmm. about themselves based on it. And I think that that just feeds the imbalance even more as right. opposed to if you're aware, Oh, something's not in balance here. Why? Mm -hmm. And ask yourself, that's the mindfulness aspect of it. And then you can figure it out. Maybe some you're afraid of something or something happened that you can begin to, to work through. But until you start asking yourself those questions without the judgment, you're never going to have that breakthrough. Right, right. That's a really good point. Maybe something happened or, or someone pushed your boundaries. You know, you you hear people in, in like codependent relationships where they just don't realize that they're even out of balance and kind of or feeling out of balance, but but not like you said, asking that next question, well, why am I so out of balance here? What's really going on that, that, that I'm, that I'm in this place. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, it's very much human nature too. I think mm -hmm. most people probably don't realize they're out of balance because it's, right. it's, we're, we're so conditioned to lead with opinion and judgment yeah. that, that the safest and most comfortable way for us to consciously express that is to blame someone else. So a lot of times if you, are really into yourself it's because no one else is worthy or whatever whatever it is you there's a reason you put an external reason on others for why that is or if you don't have self-love practice and you're giving it to everyone else that there's a conscious reason that you put on it that may not be the the real reason in the judgment and it's yeah. then getting rid of that judgment to find what's deeper that's going to help resolve that and i think Everyone, what we're saying is everyone should do that, whether you feel in balance or not. Right. Because you may feel in balance and you may not be. And that just, if you are in balance, it deepens that, that the balance yeah. and that yeah. the experience yeah. by having those questions. So whether and you're, no matter where you're at, there's only benefit to being mindful in that situation. 
Right, right. It, it even deepens your your knowing of what that balance feels like and your ability to kind of bring yourself to that place when you need to. So either way, that that curiosity is not um, there's there's only benefit to asking those questions and to taking that time to to really going inside. Yes, it reminds me of actually another quote that the Dalai Lama said. That's one of my favorite quotes is, the more you're motivated by love, the more fearless and free your action will be. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a good one. So I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. Uh, what is... What do you find to be your biggest struggle with self-love? Mm, that's a good question. I would say my biggest struggle would be conditioning. Um, the messages, you know, growing up as a black woman in America, there are there's a there's an there's a a deeply rooted message that we're not beautiful, that, that black women as we are, um, are not beautiful. And so, and, and it's, it's interesting growing up and getting, struggling with that kind of deeper message, but also getting a, a very different, um, message personally and just in my life with people, but, but still, and so it's, it's funny because it's not, I wouldn't have even said two years ago, that that would have been a struggle because I didn't even see it as such until kind of other layers were peeled back later, right. realizing how much the um, the the conditioning around race and and beauty and how much um, black beauty is marginalized that I hadn't even realized how much of that I internalized for myself. So, yeah, I would say that's definitely been been the biggest struggle, um, and. You know, it's really cool because I think that in the last couple of years, especially, there's been so much more conversation about these topics um, just on a national level. And so realizing that, like, I'm not alone, you know, there's so many women who, who are in my life who I just, you know, you don't, you don't realize when you struggle with it inside, you don't, you don't think to ask the other people around you whether they're struggling with that same thing. You just kind of assume, you know. She looks good. She looks happy. You know, she looks fine with herself. You don't realize that that we've all kind of internalized on some level these messages. And so um, so that's been really interesting, you know, kind of an interesting process to me to go through and uncover for myself. Yeah, I've been there's actually been a few videos on YouTube going around dealing with that that topic. And it's interesting because. I said at the beginning that the way you talk to yourself and engage yourself is often how you engage with with others. Um, but at the same time, there's an element that's the the opposite of that, because in a lot of these videos, the realization is they're they're in a group and people are talking about it and they're realizing two things, that it is a shared experience mm -hmm. and that even though they have all those issues in the way they communicate with themselves, they don't, they don't experience it with the other. So they don't think like they have these, these things <laughs> conditioned and how they feel about themselves is I'm not pretty. I'm not this because 
whatever this reason is. But then when they see other people who are that because they don't say you're not beautiful, they think, oh, you're beautiful, you're whatever. So yeah, you can see it in others. You can see that in others, but that, but but internally that, that struggle, that, that negative message is internalized with the self. That is interesting. Yeah, because that's 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 definitely been, you know, been my experience. And so until you really kind of bring these topics up and talk about them and me working with um, black women with eating disorders, you know, this topic comes up and, and talking about just just beauty and, and the conditioning around it. And and um, you realize, like, no, there's 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 a there's a little bit of that. And in, in I think in all of us, um, but black women that have grown up in this country and, and, and gotten the messages that we've gotten, um, you know, regardless of what the message was that your family gave you or the people around you to counter it, there's still this kind of, um, kind of overlying message, um, that we have to work against. And I think that we definitely are. And I think the more people talk about it, the more we're, we're realizing that actually, um, Interestingly enough, black beauty is oftentimes the standard for a lot of different things, but then it becomes, it, it, it gets morphed and turned into different things. And so it's interesting when you kind of see how, how that's happened and, and, and kind of like recognize like, no, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me. The more I learn about it, the more, the more pride I get, the more I, I all, you know, the more I love myself and, and, and it just gets easier and easier the more I learn. And so yeah, it's interesting because I feel like uh, there's kind of two things I want to say. One, I'll, I'll say this first, is it, what I like about what you're saying is the, the shared experience. And I think an important part of self-care and mindfulness is when you have those kind of realizations, it, to do exactly what we've been saying is not judge and not think they're bad. So it's yeah. not bad that you you feel that way or that you realize that that messaging and even though you know like that's not true, you still feel that way. That's not bad. That's the first step to being yeah. mindful and to digging deeper and peeling those layers away. If you start labeling those experiences as bad or negative experiences, it's much harder to peel those layers away because it's almost sealing them down right right because you're making yourself feel worse for the way you're you're feeling about things as opposed to exploring why and the right. other thing is this is kind yeah. of this separate separate conversation but on the whole kind of societal issue that you're you're talking about i think a lot of it comes down to kind of materialism and the way we we market things and um you were talking about how it's interesting because some things are about celebrating black beauty and other things are about creating the narrative um kind of almost against it and i see that you see that almost with with everything you see that with females in general you see it i mean it's different varying levels based on things but you see it with with the idea of masculinity in the way our, our culture is. And then you see masculinity varied between race and all, all these things. And it's such a interesting layered thing, but it is a, a, a shared, the root of it is a shared experience that everyone's feeling because everyone's conditioned to some level to have these messages that 
were really created to do exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They're, they yeah. were put there so that you would go see a movie or you'd want to buy this product because it would make you feel more beautiful right. or what whatever it is. So right. they were specifically put there to make us feel the way they are making us feel. <laughs> right, right. To create this feeling of like, of, of not having enough, of like needing to change something or fix something or some sort of inadequacy. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't even really think about that point. And I wanted to go back to what you were saying um, about not judging yourself for having those feelings. And I think that is such an important part because when I was talking about my own struggle, I didn't I didn't say that. And that was that was an integral part to being able to move forward with this. And that was a part that kept me stuck for a very long time. You know, they're on the other side of 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 struggling with you know, the American beauty standard and feeling like I didn't fit into that. On the other side, you know, I'm very proud to be a black woman and I've grown up in an activist family. And so it was hard to even kind of resolve those feelings of like judging myself negatively because of these things, but also having this deep rooted pride in who I am at the same time. And 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 so I think you're right that really it has to start with not judging yourself with for feeling those things and just being able to to, to get curious without, without kind of, like you said, sealing it into something and making it, you know, getting it kind of stuck. And that's, I think, what, what created that stuckness for me, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, though, what, what would you say is you, was your, or is your biggest struggle with self-love? Um, hmm. Well, I think, I think fear in, in general, but on a very subconscious level. And I think it's interesting because I think fear is the the opposite of love. So there's probably something deeper in it. But what I see a lot is that fear, and when I'm experiencing this, it, I'm not experiencing it as fear. Right. It's me thinking about it later where I'm saying, oh, that's what it was, okay. where I stop myself from doing things based on based on fear is what it, it comes down to. And it's the littlest things that could help that I enjoy doing and are actually like bring self-love. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's important to highlight the really mundane things, but like going to the gym, mm-hmm. like those days where I just... I'll be like, I'll go tomorrow and I come up with a stupid excuse. And then I realize mm-hmm. it's probably it's it's linked to a fear of me having body issues. And then even though I don't have big body issues, they're very subtle. But when I do it, I like that's what that's, that's what, what me not going to the gym is. And then if I go and take my class at the gym, I feel great afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that's where I started realizing is like I have all this resistance to go. And then afterwards, I feel great. And yet, then the next day, I have resistance to go, even though mm-hmm. I'm aware that it makes me feel great. Yeah. So it's this weird, like, I feel like that's, that's the struggle because there's an awareness and I try to be mindful in it, but the layers haven't peeled back enough yet where I'm able to control the experience. So I'm not able to control that kind of not wanting to go and that's only one example there's there's tons of them and i Mm -hmm. think that's yeah that's the biggest thing i notice that gets in the way of 
self-care and, and, and self-love. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, you, you think about how that could play into so many different things from, you know, from the, the smallest thing of, of getting up and going to the gym or getting up and doing a presentation that you, you know, were preparing for. I mean, it can, that, that little, that little bit of resistance, that like moment of like, Oh no, I don't want to, that moment of fear of, of, of avoidance, you know, yeah. there's so much that can happen in that moment. And, and, and I think that you're right, that it's that the change process, I, I tell my clients this all the time, like the change process, it, it, it's a process. And so you're kind of moving along the spectrum. So right now saying like, I'm, I'm still not at the point where I can stop it while it's happening. And I kind of still, I can, I reflect on it later and realize it was the fear, but realizing that like continually doing that practice and continuing to get curious, even if it's right in that moment or two hours later or the next day will still get you to eventually being able to in the moment have that moment of fear and be like, nah, I'm just going to go, you know, yeah, or, I, or, or, or asking, well, what is this, you know, and getting curious while it's happening. And I think just for a, a tip for people, if they're seeing that their experience is the hard part about being mindful with it is that, the mindfulness for me tends to not come till after the experience. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes when it's, I don't want to say too late, but it comes after when it would make a difference. So what I try to do is trip myself into being mindful at different times. So I have a, a quote on my fridge about embracing fear. I have my screensaver is about embracing fear so that, Hopefully, I will throughout the day be reminded and yes. potentially at hopefully a, a moment where I then am succumbing to fear and can say, no, I'm I know this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to allow myself to do it. And there was a great who was it? Mm, it's a YouTube video going around and it's about motivation and the mm -hmm. woman giving that I think it's a TED talk. Or, okay. or an, it was an interview, but I think it was through TEDx that they were doing the okay. interview. And the woman is basically talking about how we focus so much on motivation and motivation isn't actually helpful. It's the embracing fear uh -huh. that's helpful because it's fear that's what's stopping you from doing things. So if you get into a habit of embracing fear, yeah. you'll move forward as opposed yeah. to if you're if you're just constantly looking for motivation, the motivation doesn't necessarily doesn't come. You're 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 looking for an external external thing to help you move forward, as opposed to you embracing fear as something you're doing. Right. And I thought that was I th it was a really great TED talk. I wish I remember Is who it did Brene it. Brene Brown. It, it no. Like no. No. Okay. Robbins. What's oh. her first name? Robbins is the last name. Okay. I don't know. I'll post it. <laughs> there'll be a link below <laughs> is there anything else you would like to discuss no i think i think we about covered it i think we about covered it great we did our quote at the beginning and i hope everyone had a great valentine's day yes and and spread love every day not just valentine's day but uh oh lights went out sorry <laughs> <laughs> That was very dramatic. Her lights just went out. And on that note, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Yes, thank you. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week. Oh, all right. <laughs> Bye.